Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Want to talk to me? It's Linnell Willingham. So glad we had a chance to talk this out. On 106.7 The Fan. It's past the hour here in our nation's capital. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan for about another half hour or so here on what has turned out to be a uber busy Saturday afternoon here in our nation's capital. And that's baseball going to follow me when I get off of here. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler get to warmed up starting at 340 with Nats on deck. The 405 first pitch. For the Nationals, they're at home taking on the Braves. And joining me right now to talk about those Washington Nationals is NBC Sports Washington Nationals writer Matt Wyrick. You can follow him on Twitter at ByMattWyrick. Matty Ice, my man, what's going on? Doing well, now. How are you? Busy, man. Probably not as busy as you are right now. I know you're probably trying to crank out stories as we speak here, but... Obviously, big news of the afternoon, Matty Ice. Juan Soto reportedly turning down a 15-year, $440 million deal. Give me the latest. Yeah, it would have been the largest contract ever signed in MLB history uh, had Soto accepted it, uh, but evidently not enough to secure the services of the 23-year-old superstar. He has two and a half years left on his contract, and now the Nationals are reportedly open to trading him now i don't think that necessarily means they're motivated to trade him no certain no reason to trade him unless you've blown away by an offer but I guess right now they're starting to listen to him so got a couple of weeks here until the trade deadline should be interesting realistically speaking here though matt what are the deciding factors in why juan soto would turn down this massive as you mentioned historic deal here from everything we've heard from soto he wants to be here in dc so why turn down the money here? I think two, maybe even three primary reasons here. One, you know, you probably are going to get more. If you hit free agency right now, I think $500 million is a realistic goal uh, for Juan Soto should he hit free agency in a couple of years. So if the Nationals want to get him, he's not going to, not going to give him a hometown discount. Uh, you need, they need to offer market price. And $440 million, while certainly a record, not market price at this point. Other than that, you know, Soto wants to win. I think that's honestly one of the most important factors for him. And with the national season, the way it's been going so far, winning has not been a very constant theme, especially as of late, just one win here in the month of July. They're obviously building toward the future and would like to be competitive before he hits free agency. But, you know, his confidence in their direction uh, right now is a big factor. And then finally, I think just the ownership looming change here 
you know, Soto signing a 15-year contract when he doesn't know who's going to be the owner after this season, there's some uncertainty there. So perhaps he wants to wait and see who the new owner is before making that decision. A lot of factors here at play for sure, but those are probably the big three. From the team's perspective here, Matt, you got to think one of their big motivating factors to get a deal done here with Soto before the sale of this team is because, obviously, this team much more valuable with Juan Soto on it than not. Absolutely, and I think the certainty of what Soto's future is is also something that will be attractive to potential buyers, knowing that he's either traded and they have the assets or knowing that he's locked up long-term. And, you know, I think that the Nationals have a certain number point uh, where they think that, okay, at this point, if we sign Soto above this number, it's actually going to be more of a hindrance than an asset uh, in terms of the sale. So, you know, I don't know if $440 million is that number, but certainly – uh, now that they're open to trading him at that point, it's got to be in the neighborhood. And, Matt, obviously you're well-versed in, in, in the baseball landscape. From a out-of-market standpoint here, which teams, in your opinion, really have the farm system and worthy prospects to put together a package to come out and try to get Juan Soto? Man, you know, if, if we're just talking about just the the farm systems and and who would be able to bring in Soto and and pay him for the next two years. Uh, You know, I I think that teams like the Dodgers obviously jump off the page on the best farm systems in baseball. The Rays have a lot of young talent. Uh, The Guardians have a lot of young talent. You know, the Rays and Guardians, smaller markets, not sure they'd want to trade for Soto just because it'd be very unlikely that they are able to extend him past uh, that third season. But, you know, uh, the Yankees, of course, the the Blue Jays, uh, just some teams that I think, you know, have the young assets, whether they're in the major leagues or the minors right now, uh, that could potentially be a package worth sending over to Mike Rizzo. Now, would it be worth it for the Nationals? I don't know. I don't think that there really is a way to get a return that will be equal for what you're, you're giving up in the one Soto trade, but that's just, you know, if they are going to trade him and uh, bring a bunch of prospects, those are probably some teams to be interested. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, NBC Sports Washington Nationals insider Matt Weirich. You you can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Weirich. And Matt, we'll switch things over to the guys that aren't (laughs) declining $440 million contracts. Give us the latest on Tanner Rainey and the impact uh, that his injury uh, could potentially have on the trade deadline and their Nats plans. Yeah, Tanner Rainey has a sprained right UCL. He was immediately placed on the 60-day IL, which sidelines him for basically the rest of the season. He could come back for the last two weeks, but anytime you hear UCL, you think Tommy John. And yeah. My understanding is he's going to go get a second opinion on that as to whether that's on the table. Certainly a big blow for the Nationals closer, who's had a bit of an up-and-down year, a few blown saves there, but 12 saves on the year, uh, solid 3-3 ERA. You know, he has, he's been a quality reliever for the Nationals this year, and he was somebody who could have been uh, traded at the deadline this year, despite the fact that he has multiple years of control. I think him, Kyle Finnegan, and Carl Edwards Jr. are all on the table there. But now with this injury, no shot he gets traded now, and his future is a bit more uncertain. And Matt, this team, like you mentioned, has really struggled here in the month of July, winning only one game thus far. They've been swept in two straight series. Is this the team that's just in a rough spot right now, or do you think this is closer to where they actually are right now as a franchise? I mean, yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily the worst team in baseball. They're certainly one of the worst teams in baseball. Right. Winning one game in a month is, is an aberration. I think that <laughs> you know they can play a little bit better baseball than that for Same sure. Least, but right? you know, the, 
Yeah, exactly. But the pitching has been a problem all year, and that's been evident here in the middle months of this season. I think that, you know, maybe we'll get to see some of the young guns, uh, Cade Cavalli, Cole Henry, perhaps come up at some point this year. But, you know, just with the injuries that this team has had, the, the sloppy defense, the poor pitching, uh, and the, the lack of production from the bottom half of the lineup, I mean, it, there, there are a lot of holes on this roster for sure. So uh, the fact that they own one of the worst records in baseball right now shouldn't come as a surprise. And Matt, I feel like every time you hop on here with me, I, I mention this young cat's name, and I'm so intrigued because he, for many people, thought was going to be a big part of his future and still can be Josiah Gray and the struggle that he had in his last start. And really, in my opinion, he's been up and down all year long. This is his first uh, true season as an everyday starter here here for Washington. What have you seen so far from him in the first half of this season, and when are you looking to see him improve on in the second half of the year? Yeah, the consistency really hasn't been there. Uh, he had a really great month of June, um, but I would say that when he does put together these clunkers, he seems to come back really strong uh, and come back and have a, a nice outing, and he's been able to rack up some strong strikeout totals, which is certainly impressive. But for me, you know, the home runs are going to happen. That's just going to be part of Josiah Gray, Gray's game as a fly ball pitcher. You know, he's okay if he gives up the occasional home run. It's just the walks. Uh, and the number of hits he gives up in front of him and turning solo home runs into two or three run homers. That's how you have a nice outing turn into a bad one. And that's how we've seen him fall apart here uh, in these last couple of starts is leaving too many guys on base and then the big home run kind of puts him away. Matt Washington obviously expected to be sellers at the trade deadline. Is there anyone in specific on this roster that's a clear cut choice, you know, outside of Josh Bell that you think teams would have some legit interest in? I think that Carl Edwards Jr., as I mentioned before, is, is going to get some interest, not only because he's had a nice year uh, as a national setup man, but also because he has two years of control left. Uh, you know, not just going to be a rental, uh, somebody with previous closing experience who's been around the majors a long time. Uh, I'm sure he's going to garner some interest. Nelson Cruz, while he hasn't had the offensive season the Nationals were hoping for when they signed him, uh, you know, some team might be intrigued by the fact that he could be a right-handed power bat who does better with the change of scenery he also brings some veteran presence to the clubhouse that is very valuable. So uh, I would say those two guys, certainly Cesar Hernandez was somebody the Nationals will hope to trade uh, with him being uh, on an expiring deal. Uh, Kyle Finnegan is somebody else who could be moved. I mean, honestly, anybody not named, well, I can't even say that anymore. Soto included now, I guess, is is on the market at this point. Uh, You know, I think the Nationals are pretty much open for business. So if you come with the right offer, you could probably pry somebody away. Maybe saying, Josiah Gray, Kevin Ruiz, maybe maybe hold on to that. Maybe, <laughs> right. And I, I was saying this earlier, Matt, man. It feels like just yesterday it was 2019, right? <laughs> it's crazy how yeah, far how far this team has fallen since then. And, Matty, we're about to reach the All-Star break here. Can we give some superlatives out for the first half of the season? If you can name this team's MVP in a rough first half of the season, who would it be? I would definitely have to give it to Josh Bell. I mean, I know Soto has really come alive here in the last few weeks, and his overall numbers have looked better for it. But Bell has just been the most consistent player on this team all year, hitting from both sides of the plate. Got off to a real nice start there. A couple of slumps here or there, but he seems to come back from them very well and you know, just been hitting for a lot of power at a time when the Nationals have really been starved for it. Uh, you know, He's just been the best player on this team this year, and it's honestly going to be pretty sad uh, for fans to see him go at this trade deadline because there's not a whole lot else to get too much excited about. Is it a foregone conclusion, Matty? I see he's out of here after August 2nd. Uh, I, I think it's 
95% chance. I mean, maybe with these negotiations for Soto falling through, the Nationals try to work something out with Bell before the deadline. I don't know. Uh, but that, that might be something that could intrigue them. But, you know, at, at the same time, I think that he has just been their best trade asset available uh, all year, and it certainly seems to be trending in that direction. Be careful, Matty. I'm stirring up the drink here. Uh, MLB draft starts tomorrow and wraps up on Tuesday. Who are some prospects you think could help the Nats right away here? Yeah, I think that they're they're likely to go for a college bat uh, with the number five pick, Kevin Parada, the Georgia State catcher who can also play first base, has been mocked to them most frequently. Uh, I do think Brooks Lee, the shortstop out of Cal Poly, is an intriguing bat. He's probably the best college hitter, most advanced uh, at this point, and somebody who could get to the majors relatively quickly. If he were to fall to them at five, I think they might be interested. There is also high school outfielder Elijah Green, uh, who has a tremendous ceiling, but a few question marks about his game. So if the Nationals want to take on a project, Green is somebody who could be a potential five-year, five-tool player for them uh, down the line. So a lot of different ways they could go at five, and it really does depend on how the top of the draft shakes out in front of them, particularly with the Orioles, who have been known to make some surprising picks. They hold the number one spot. Big weekend ahead for the Nats, Matty Ice. If they want to accelerate this rebuild, getting a stud at pick number five, Definitely the first way to do it. Appreciate you giving me some time, pal. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. Oh, Matt, before I let you get out of here, what, man? So Fox Fox Sports on, on Twitter, Ken Rosenthal just did a hit, and the quote from the hit from the Nationals' perspective: If Soto isn't going to sign this kind of deal, he may never sign it. I expect he will be traded. How does that make you feel, buddy? I mean, as somebody who's grown up in this area and, you know, grew up rooting for the Nationals, all that kind of stuff, it definitely hurts. You know, he's he's the face of the franchise, a potential future Hall of Famer. He's the exact type of player uh, that any team should strive to lock up and make a member of their organization for life. And the fact that, you know, he's not accepting a $440 million deal, that's certainly reasonable by the national side to try to walk away from that. But at the same time, it just, you know, emotionally, it's got to hurt. Yeah. Hopefully Ken Rosenthal doesn't know what he's talking about, but he normally does. <laughs> Appreciate you hopping on with me, Matt. No problem, man. Matty Ice hopping on with us. Always gets us smarter. You can follow him on Twitter at ByMattWyrick to get the latest on the Washington Nationals. I'm sure he'll have some stories pumping out this week, giving us every angle of this Juan Soto news. And as we mentioned, Nats hold the fifth pick in the draft. So we'll sure to hear from Matt Wyrick very soon on that as well. Got to take a quick time out here. One final segment to go here in the program. On the other side of this break, we'll get back into the Washington Wizards, and I'll tell you the one thing that they must do heading into this season. Don't go anywhere. You listen to the fan. It's Linnell Willingham on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One final segment here on The Fan. Before I pass the rock to Nats baseball, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler 
on the other side of myself. Appreciate you guys tapping in with me all show long. We've had a ball. I want to give a big thanks to our guest, Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington, joining us to talk about the Wizards. Grant Paulson with a surprise call in, reacting to the Juan Soto news. And then we just got off with our man, Matty Ice, Matt, we- Matt Weirich, NBC Sports Washington, Nats writer, giving us the latest on the team here as they get ready to go against the Braves here this afternoon. Like we mentioned, just one win in the month of July for the Nationals, so they are really struggling. Also want to give a big thanks to my big bro, Travis Thomas of the New England Sports Network, coming on, giving you some gambling tips, telling you what to throw your bread on today. And I was talking to my producer uh, in the studio, and I saw the pitching matchup today in this Nats-Braves game. And that bad man, Max Fried, is on the bump for the Atlanta Braves and normally doesn't spell doesn't spell good things for the opposing team. So I don't expect the Nats to score a lot of runs here uh, this afternoon. It's going to be tough sledding for the boys in red. But before we went to the break, though, I told you the one thing that the Washington Wizards must do before this season starts if they're going to get me back on board. Because quite frankly, I've completely jumped ship here with the Washington Wizards. I've been saying it in studio. I haven't went public. I probably went public on the day the signing was made of who my new team was. But I'll announce it here officially on the air in front of you all. If the Washington Wizards keep this roster the way it is on paper going into the season, I'm going to be rooting for the L.A. Clippers. I'm going to be rooting for John Wall and the L.A. Clippers if billionaire Ted and Uncle Tommy don't get their S together. Straight up. Straight up, this team has a bunch of players at the same position, some decent young assets, and according to Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks, their young assets just aren't worth a damn. But they got they got some first-round picks. They, they got some veterans that could be attractive to another team. Go out and take the big swing, Wizards. Go get you a star to co-star with Bradley Beal. He cannot carry this thing by himself. He can't. He just can't. And for me, if the Washington Wizards don't go out and make another move here to try to get in on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes potentially or throw their name in the hat for Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, do something. Just don't be the status quo. I'm tired of this team always being in the play-in tournament. Ever since it started, we have been the poster boy for the play-in tournament. You made all these moves this offseason. And you're still going to be in the play-in tournament. Because I don't think the roster as constructed on paper is good enough to be a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Let's go through some teams in the East. Miami, no. Philadelphia, no. Toronto, eh, maybe. I'll say no. Boston, no. Milwaukee, no. Atlanta, no. So if you're the Wizards, you made all these moves this offseason, and you're still going to be in the same damn place. But this time, you're going to be a lot closer to paying the luxury tax than before. You're going to be in the same damn place this time. Bradley Bill's $251 million richer. Does it make sense? What's not clicking, Steven? What's not clicking, Ted? Get it going here. We, We can't continue to do the same thing over and over expecting different results. That's why Bobby Mark said it. Or I think it was Zach Lowe who said it on the podcast. 
you missed the boat. When you could have traded Bradley Beal and gotten his maximum value, you were scared as an organization to do it. And when I talk about this, when I talk about this organization being scared and not wanting to be one of the bottom feeders in the league, I'm talking about you, billionaire Ted. I'm talking about you when I say the team is being scary. Because you know what it takes to get back in contention. You got to hit on draft picks. The best way to hit on draft picks is having a better pick. You know how you get a better pick in the lottery? You tank. And for some reason, Ted Leonsis, Tommy Shepard, and company refuse to tear this thing all the way down. I have multiple theories on the thing. I think, well, maybe maybe they want to have a guy who is going to be marketable for, for the franchise, and Bradley Beal is it. He is their poster boy. Because if you take Beal off this roster, who's the face of the franchise? That's a good question. I might pose that another day when I'm on. Whoever, if, if you take Bradley Beal off of this team, who is the face of the Washington Wizards? Is it Rui Hachimura? I guess they branded as Rui Hachimura because he's got the international appeal that we all know what billionaire Ted's about. Cashing out, getting his moolah in every different market that he can. So it'd probably be Rui Hachimura. My whole point is, though, you can't continue to swim in mediocrity if you're the Wizards. At some point in time here, You've got to be willing to go out and just say, F it, man. We're going to go out and take the big swing. And when I say that, I'm not talking about Wizards GM Tommy Shepard because I've praised him every chance and every opportunity that I've gotten. All Tommy Shepard has done here is go out and get this team better. He made the tough decision to move on from John Wall. I was bitter about it. I still am. But you turned it into Russell Westbrook, and then look at what Russell Westbrook has turned into. You built your rotation last year pretty much off of one player being traded. You were able to trade him for an entire rotation pretty much. At the trade deadline, the finesse of all finesse trades, I called it. Slick Daddy Tommy. I can't even keep calling him Uncle Tommy. We got to give him some type of slick nickname here. Because to pull off the move that he pulled off at the deadline, getting off of Davies Berton's terrible contract, and giving up the overpaid and often injured Spencer Dinwiddie in exchange for what could be a superstar potentially in Chris Stapp's Porzingis, you got to tip your hat. You got to tip your hat to Tommy Shepard for that. And I continue to applaud him for going out wheeling and dealing and trying to get this team better, dealing with the difficult circumstances that he's dealt with. Every time, he's found a way. And I think he'll continue to find a way. Because I believe in Wizards GM Tommy Shepard. But look, just like it is for every executive across all the sports, time's ticking, Uncle Tommy. You're going to have to do something here real soon that gets people to drink the Kool-Aid. Or else people are going to jump off this bad bandwagon. People are going to jump off the bandwagon. And I'm going to jump off here with you guys. Nats baseball coming up from Nats Park. Check me out tomorrow. I'm back with you 10 to 1. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 